It's time we honor the biggest lie ever told, that if we made money as a business owner or hit a certain dollar amount, our problems would suddenly go away, right? My name is Cheryl Dorsey. I'm a data journalist, a tech founder, and a longtime entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and have done what feels like all the things. Yet I still wonder on a daily basis, am I doing this right? As entrepreneurs, we provide more time than we have, risk more money than most, and sell or are sold to more than we would like to admit. It's my mission through this show to give you a space to honor the powerful builder and CEO in you, even when sometimes it feels like no one should have left you in charge. Incredible work doesn't come without painful lessons. Welcome to I think I'm doing this right. Welcome back to another episode of I Think I'm Doing This Right. Today, my guest is an impact entrepreneur who has spent years building and funding results-driven ventures. She's the founder of Empowerment, Inc., a nonprofit that empowers girls and women to lead. She was the founding executive director of the Greenlight Fund in Charlotte, and is now taking up a new post, which we will find out more about. And also she's built a seven figure portfolio working to teach women of color, excuse me. She's also built a personal seven figure investment portfolio and today works to teach women of color how to create generational wealth. I'm so very happy to introduce Carrie Cook. Carrie, how are you? Love, lovely. I'm feeling lovely. real good. It's Friday. We we looking good. We feeling good. We I'm I'm here. It's so dope. Um, I feel like when I first moved to Charlotte, you were one of the few first people that I got a chance to meet, and I found you to be absolutely fascinating. <laughs> primarily because I was like, oh my gosh, she has something figured out that like the rest of us haven't. Like when you talked about like, yep, I went to Ryasep after college so that I, you know, got my student loans forgiven. You had this very interesting pa- career path. You were doing real estate investing. And I was like, okay, let me sit here and take all these notes. <laughs> and when I look from the outside in, I'm like, all right, Carrie, Carrie, you are doing something right. And like, we need to pay attention. So tell me just a little bit about like how how you have thought about your life thus far, balancing this idea of family entrepreneurship, investing, and also like working full time in such an impact investing kind of space. Okay, that's a big question. It's a big question. Come out swinging. I mean, we gotta go. (laughs) It's supposed to ease into it. So it's a great question, and it's really just been a journey. I'd love to sit here and tell you that I mapped all of this out and knew that I was gonna come out and you know go into this career and start investing in real estate and start doing this thing and that thing. But it's just been um, a series of not only uh, being prepared and prayers from I believe my my ancestors ancestors right and and um, preparation prayer and then just understanding how to not only seize an opportunity but to create an opportunity mm-hmm. I think that's the big 
thing for me is just how do we create opportunities for mm -hmm. people who look like us? How do we close some of the racial wealth gap? How do we do things that, mm -hmm. you know, um, help underexposed and under-resourced communities get the exposure, get the resources, get the access so that we can change some outcomes? Right. And so it's been a journey of just, um, you know, like I said, prayer, preparation, uh, support, um, and really just taking it day by day. But it's funny that you asked that question in this moment because this morning I'm talking with a girlfriend of mine and we are, um, we're just, you know, kind of catching up and she's like, man, listen, wasn't this May um, about six years ago when we had a very similar conversation? We were at a restaurant and she was able to call out the restaurant. I was like, yeah, that was. And what happened six years ago to this day was we went to a restaurant. I was crying. I was in tears. I was frustrated because I had a toxic boss and work culture. Mm. I had um, been bleeding for two months straight and oh had gosh. to have a hysteroscopy and a DNC and wasn't sure if I was going to be able to have children. Wow. I um, uh, had just had the situation where a rental property, a, a tree fell on. I mean, it was a lot going on. It was, it was just that a, was a lot. It was, it was a, a lot season. at one time. Yeah. It was just, oh, and uh, catch this. My boyfriend, I, I thought I had a boyfriend. He was cheating on me. And oh, I wow. found that out and had to end the relationship. So people see this me today, and I'm like, listen. Six years ago today. <laughs> six years ago to this day. Things were real. Things were very different, and that's why I say I couldn't have mapped this out. It's really been just the biggest blessing to walk mm. into this season um, and to get past so many things, to now be into entrepreneurship, into motherhood, and into being an amazing wife, mm -hmm. and just a good, a good person, just a solid person. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I just have to take a pause because this is my first time hearing about all of these other factors that could have completely derailed you. And overcoming health issues, overcoming relationship issues, workplace issues, what have you, yes. those are really hard, like take you out, knock you down sort of crises and events. Can you talk about how you worked your way through some of those processes? Yeah, um, so let's unpack it. So I think the relationship was easy to walk away like, from. Bye. I was like, oh, okay, you cheating? Okay, all right, well, I'm done. Um, yeah. Because I'm, yeah. I, like, it's my choice to decide what I'm gonna stand in and stand mm -hmm. with. And I decided I wasn't gonna stand in that once I found that out and I walked away. Now on the health front, it was a little different because I didn't know what was going on. Right. I knew that I had been bleeding for two months straight. And I was like, this is not normal. And so had to, you know, follow up, had to have a procedure done. And, you know, long story short, again, was worried about um, my future fertility, but prayer, like I said earlier, yeah. staying prayed up, staying focused, understanding that it was just a season of my mm -hmm. life. It wasn't the entirety of who I am, but it was something that happened mm -hmm. in my life. And um, as far as the workplace culture, again, listen to them men, to them bosses, to all of them who don't know how to treat me, you have to teach people how to treat you. And if they don't want to respect how to treat you, you have a choice of what you want to do from there. Right? right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So you're originally from North Carolina. Yes. What part of North Carolina are you from again? So I was raised in Charlotte. I was born actually in Durham. Okay. Um, and then I was raised in Charlotte. Yes. Yes. But you're a tremendous traveler. Yes. Which I love. What has travel done for you? <sighs> <laughs> Travel has has really opened my eyes, my heart, mm -hmm. my mind to just life beyond like 
this world and the opportunity and the things that we have access to, the people that we can connect with, like we get so caught in this little bubble of the here and now and this thing that's when yeah. within like a, a mile, a five mile, a 10 mile radius. But this 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 globe is vast. And I've met sisters from, you know, Uganda to, um, you know, South Africa to, you know, living in Sweden, right? Mm. And I've met incredible people across this globe and they've taught me like three kind of key things that I would say. One is resilience, mm -hmm. right? If you can travel and get out there and get beyond sort of your own set of experiences, you can understand the resiliency and the power of a people um, across this world, which is which is dynamic, right? Yeah. You can see beyond, you can see how you're a small part in a much bigger picture. Right. And how oftentimes your experiences really aren't even for you. The crazy thing is you're experiencing things to give them, to, to right, gift them right, right. back into this big, large world that we exist in. And so one was just the power of resiliency. The second thing that I think travel has given me is um, gratitude. Mm -hmm. just a just an appreciation like an appreciation for simple stuff I'm real simple like you know I think as we continue to learn and go we want to we want to get the next newest thing the next biggest thing we want to keep up with the Joneses and I'm like man I'm simple I'm easy breezy mm -hmm. like I don't need the next newest latest and greatest I'm pretty I'm pretty content, content um, yeah. because I'd rather have experiences than things mm -hmm. um, so it's been a gratitude and like a simple lifestyle and then the third thing it's given me is just that FOE, man, family over everything. Because mm. the people that I traveled with was my family. Okay. I was going to say, did that change for you when you became a mom and a wife? Or a wife and then a mom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely, be, becoming a mom has like rocked me in ways that, woo, it's, that's the hardest job I've ever had. But it's also given me, again, going back to the earlier statement, about the second thing, gratitude and appreciation. Like I appreciate my mom mm -hmm. in a way I didn't know how to appreciate her prior Listen, to becoming yeah. a mother. Yeah, I mean, it's my mom holding it down with two kids. My father was in and out of jail. Like I now have a different appreciation for who she is and what she's done. And my mother came as the baby of 10 siblings Whoa. from Warren County, North Carolina, very rural, dirt poor, literally grew up on a dirt road, got out of there, got a college scholarship, went and did her thing and exposed her little two black kids to the whole damn world. Mm. Yes, mom. Come on, we mama. Gotta, we just gotta give a couple of thumb, <laughs> thumb snaps. Come on, mama, I've been <laughs> to mom, every yeah. continent with my mother. Yeah. She did That's that. Amazing. And I appreciate her for that. I appreciate that she instilled in us like experiences mm -hmm. and family and showing up and pulling up for the people that yeah. matter. And and that's priority number one, FOE yeah. for me on yeah. everything. And how's that trickle down? I, I, I when I again when I first met you, um, this idea of mentorship and leadership was so central to the work that you were doing, even with empowerment. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, you've named someone else to kind of take on that work and to lead yes. it. Yes. But reaching young women, mm -hmm. particularly around their leadership journey, was very, very central to some of the things that you were doing in the Charlotte community. Mm -hmm. And can you talk about sort of you know how that has been maybe a I see the connection points now as you as you speak about your mom as you speak about your journey mm -hmm. yeah I mean I needed mentors when I was coming up I mm -hmm. really needed people who were like 
come on, come on, come on. Like, yeah. cause there's, there's like this window of opportunity for so many different things. It's almost like a snowball effect, right? Yeah. As you're going through your life. And if you're going in the right direction, you're just gonna pick up other good things as you keep rolling. Right. Like that snowball, your village, just you just keep picking up other good tidbits mm-hmm. as you keep going along. And fortunately, there were a lot of mentors who just continued to pour into me. And that snowball effect of momentum, of opportunity, yeah. of access, of exposure just kept getting bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And so it was like, all right, I mean, after not only having the experiences I had in high school and in and, and my formative years and early years, it was like, you have a responsibility to make sure the girls behind you have even greater access and exposure. And this was key, Sherelle, because so many programs that existed when I was in middle school and high school, um, because of cuts to education, because of restrictions and dollars, because of the way time was now structured within the school uh, day, many of those programs didn't exist anymore. Mm. And so it was like, all right, how do we create a format? How do we create a space for girls to show up? And, and they don't have, they also are growing up in a totally different environment. We didn't have access to everything at our fingertips with a smartphone. And they do. And so they needed to see real women in their own backyard who are doing amazing things. They don't have to look on Instagram and find somebody across the world, which is great if they find and connect with somebody, but you also should know that there are amazing women who care about you Mm -hmm. and who are invested in your success in your own backyard. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So I want to talk about um, mentorship within your leadership journey um, Mm -hmm. in your hybrid space of being both someone who works full time Mm -hmm. in a a very large leadership capacity, as well as like entrepreneurship. And, you know, those are two very different worlds. Having a whole family is another different world. (laughs) And I think about all the times like, you know, how do you even tap in or lean into that sense of like, I need help when I think I'm getting it wrong. You know, how does that, how does that translate for you and in, in, in the way that you structure mentorship in your life? Uh, I mean, I, I try to stay, stay what, what's the word they use these days? Tap in and lock in, <laughs> tune in. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to be in with the people who know me best, mm-hmm. right? So not only am I relying on being prayed up, but I also want to seek wise counsel. Yeah. I mean, I want to understand who can I go to who really truly knows me and gets me at my core, mm-hmm. who can say, Carrie, when you're considering this opportunity, I know it looks good on paper, or I know X or Y, Z, but this isn't this isn't core to who you yeah. are, or this is core to who you are, and you should consider it. It may not be as lucrative, it may not be X or Y, Z, but you should consider it because it is it is your why, it is the essence of who you yeah. are. Yeah. And so mentorship has really been key because having that personal board of directors has led to every mm. single, I haven't applied for a job in, 10 years. I don't think I've applied for a job since college because literally every single role that I've had, um, if it wasn't building something entrepreneurial, the roles that I've had in a nine to five way um, have been somebody saying, you would be great for this. Let me introduce you to someone. Wow. Wow. And nurturing those relationships are key. Absolutely. Because I just just come because someone sees you out in the streets and they're like, oh, she looks like she could play the part, right? (laughs) Right, right. They know you by your fruit, right? They know you by your work. That's right. But like, how do you embody that and like get that part right? 
Hey folks, my new podcast is not the only place to get tips and gems and updates from me. You can also go to my website at ShereldDorsey.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter, where I share thoughtful essays on productivity, innovation, business, as well as new projects I'm working on. I'd love to have you share this podcast and give me a shout on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever you're being social these days. And if you're enjoying the content thus far, don't forget to leave your girl a review. Okay, now back to the show. Mm. I mean, I get some of it right and I get some of it wrong. Okay. <laughs> I think the parts that I get right are authenticity, okay. are showing up. My say-do ratio is mean. Like if I, I love say, that. My say-do ratio. <laughs> listen, because some people say do is low. It's real low. Like they, <laughs> they don't do what they say they're going to do. Right. And it's just like, you know, reliability and dependability in this day and age when so many people are just flake. Okay. So many people are just not show up. Mm-hmm. Like that is a core, I think, differentiator in helping people to trust you, yeah. to build relation with you, just being there for people like depositing things in different accounts when I don't even need to make a withdrawal. Yeah. Like it shouldn't just be transactional to where I'm going to my mentors every time I need something. I should hit my mentors up like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? What you need? Sending a gift for baby boy, doing this, showing up, here's something in the college fund for baby girl, like whatever the case may be. Right. It should be a response reciprocal relationship. relationship. And so mm-hmm. I think that's some of what I've gotten right. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly, you know, there are things that I can approve upon and those are things that I'll continue to do. And one thing my mom and my brother were joking with me the other day, they're like, you know, you, you just too impatient. You're just too impatient. Oh, patience is not a character trait that I possess personally. I'm like, I want it done yesterday yeah, with, like, glitter, with glitter on it. Right. Like, right. What you mean they still working on it? Like, they had five minutes. They had not five done. minutes. Right. So, I, I, that's, you know, I'm learning and I'm getting, you know, mm-hmm. I'm getting comfortable with my wins and understanding, okay. like, I think over the last couple of years, maybe last five years, it's been a shift of mindset around, I used to think I needed to focus on my my deficits and build those up. Mm. And now my focus is on just killing my strengths, like really being a strengths-based leader and focusing more of my energy and time into what I do well and what I enjoy doing. Okay. And now where like the other stuff that I'm not good at, look, that's, that's why you got other people. Right. <laughs> that's why you surround yourself with people who have those skill sets and those qualities, and you really can build out a great 360 um, view of yourself and also a 360 team that's able to go out and maximize and be optimal at what they do. I love that. Is that also where, when you are leaning into your strengths, into your superpowers, that say-do ratio yes. becomes undefeated? Because like I, I could imagine you had to get to a place where you felt like, okay, yeah. My safety ratio on my weaknesses is is trash right now, <laughs> right? Like, 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 how did you actually make that shift? Like, at what point in your leadership journey did you realize, like, I really, really hate doing this, and now I need I need to bring someone in to fill in that role that loves to do that. I'm still learning that, to okay. be quite honest. I'm still learning what I don't like to do and what mm-hmm. I don't want to do, yeah. um, and how to bring people in to do those things and not feel bad about it. That's the other part. I think you just got to release like, I don't 
want to do that. And I'm not mm-hmm. a bad person for not wanting to do that part of the work. Now, yeah. some things you do just genuinely need to have an understanding of and grasp. So it's still a like a okay, I need to learn a little bit about that enough to be dangerous, but okay. again, still giving it, because you don't want to totally give something to somebody and not know anything about it, because then how do you how do you know if they're even right. doing right. what you've asked them to do? How do you know if they met the expectation? How do you know, if, mm-hmm. if there's not even a baseline understanding, then you're, you're, you're in a bad place and your say-do ratio could fall out because um, not only are you not modeling the type of leadership you, mm-hmm. you seek in other people, but also you don't know enough to know if you're doing what you say, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or if they're doing what they say. Right. So I think it's just it's a continual process. But Mm -hmm. over the years, it's it's gotten better. And again, I try to really be uh, impeccable with my word. If I tell you I'm showing up for something, I really try to do that. And um, it's I think it's paid off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you hope to um, accomplish in kind of this next tranche of your life? Um, I've seen some educational materials that you and your husband, you know, are are kind of combining it and working on this business together of like teaching and education, Mm -hmm. which I think is very powerful. Mm -hmm. And what's the goal there Mm. as you're moving into this, this kind of next level of your entrepreneurship journey? That's a great question. I think the primary goal, and and this falls into anything I do, is just impact, right? Greater impact. And some of the things I talked about earlier around closing the racial wealth gap, I mean, the net worth of black people by 2050 is supposed to go to zero. Mm You know, like we've got a lot of work to do on education, on understanding, on showing a real pathway. I'm like, y'all, I didn't even make six figures at my job until about two, three years ago, but I still had a seven figure net worth. Mm -hmm. Right. I still built assets like the 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 key there is to show people what's possible. Like I worked in nonprofit and in government sector and wasn't out here caking on a huge salary. But I was learning how to make that money go to work for me so that when I went to sleep that money was still up I like my money working I don't want my money sleep when I'm sleep right and so it's really just I guess the education part of my husband when I met him one of our early conversations uh, I think it was our third date he asked me about my philosophy around money. I was like, say what now? Hello? What a sexy conversation. <laughs> I was like, hello? He's like, what? What's your philosophy around money? Do you How much debt do you carry? Like this, I was just like. He was out here scouting. <laughs> he was. Yes, I'm here for that because. Because people just be like, let me slide into the DMs on Instagram, and like, those are the only qualifications. <laughs> like, <laughs> my husband said, no, 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 come here, listen, Linda, let me talk let to me, you. Listen, Linda, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> let me talk to you. Let me see what your credit looking. Like. Right. And that was um, a breath of fresh air. Actually, it was like, okay, this is somebody who is thinking more about, and it's not to demean or discourage if you're not where you want to be on the journey. Right. It was more about what's your money mindset, okay. what's your philosophy, what are your habits, and then. And how can we build together? How can we build a legacy together? Mm-hmm. And so that's really the goal of what Mark and I are striving to do with Your Money Joy, which is the um, education series we launched. It's really around helping other people become everyday millionaires. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to have some super high salary to become an everyday millionaire, but the power of time, compound interest, and some basic investment and mm-hmm. understanding of those principles can really get you there. That's incredible. 
That's incredible. And I love I love the the whole idea of, you know, money mindset compounding and I think as I as I follow your journey, it there's just ongoing like stack stacking whether it's relationship whether it is improving your say do ratio Mm -hmm. being impeccable with your word Mm -hmm. all of those things like make up this sense of we talk about character so much Mm -hmm. and like your actual character of who you are and how much that is it's not just you know you having a legal entity or Mm -hmm. an investment portfolio Mm -hmm. it is truly Mm -hmm. who i am today is a a result of me delivering on everything i said i was going to do and how i show up for myself that's absolutely correct. And and again, I believe that the fruit will come. Like mm-hmm. I don't tie it necessarily always to a monetary goal. When we launched Your Money Joy, people were like, well, how much money do you want to make? No, I, I want to impact a lot of lives through yeah. this. And the money could and should be a byproduct if if and when that's supposed to be the byproduct of that thing. But everything you launch don't have to be tied to a certain stream of revenue. Like right. some things are like, no, we're just legit doing this to create greater mm-hmm. impact. And in fact, with Your Money Joy, we did every session we did sold out and we took the proceeds from those sessions and invested it into um, or, you know, deployed it into nonprofit organizations that we that's believed incredible. in. Right. So it wasn't for us to come like I think the 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 thing that I see a lot um, out there now is a hustle around courses and teaching things. And it's just like be a master first, like understand it first so that you can really go out and teach well and create greater impact. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying don't get your money up, you know, right, definitely get, course, get a yeah. bag associated with it if, if that's what your goal is. But for us, the goal really was to come out the gate and try to expand what we had learned and teach it to other people. And then other things started flowing from that. Once we started doing that, I mean, last year we also, you know, did, did the hotel, like we acquired the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought oh we're gonna acquire a hilton brand hotel right like yeah when you like mentioned that on your social media i was like i didn't even know this was possible i didn't either (laughs) like like, how does this even happen and i'm just over here like taking notes like oh my goodness like like how do you even dream of the things that you didn't even know were possible in some instances and had no roadmap for but uh, suddenly that opportunity kind of appears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just those deposits and it's again, the village and the mentorship that you alluded to earlier. So some of the people that I was connected with, one of my good girlfriends, shout out to Ashley, um, was uh, real influential within the hospitality space, had mm-hmm. key relationships. And then one of our other um, contacts and connects um, was previously doing M&A work within the hotel space for a private equity firm. So she knew the, the deal, she knew the game about how to go out and purchase hotels, how to read the P&L, how to understand revenue per room, how to understand improving the logistics and operations. Ashley had the hospitality savvy. Mm. I was able to say, oh, you need money? I can help with the capital stack. Like I can help us go out and get some investors to the table and bring other black folks here so that we have a black owned Hilton brand hotel. Mm -hmm. So we all had different roles to play. And for me, it was a huge learning curve because I'm like, I did not know we could go out and buy in this asset class mm-hmm. and so now I'm like where's the next one where's the next like, one you know I'm ready we to get a W <laughs> We we we're in the Waldorf. We're in a, we're in a due diligence process for for a second acquisition now. That's incredible. So, yeah. That is incredible. That's good. What do you feel like you're getting? What do you feel like you think you're doing right? What do I feel like I think I'm doing right? Just. 
That was a weird way to ask, ask that question. I want to do that again. Okay, good. Okay. So, what do you think you're doing right? <laughs> it depends on the day. Um, I think some days I'm doing motherhood right. Mm -hmm. Some days I'm doing, um, you know, analyzing sort of future opportunities right. But pretty much every day something that I think I'm doing right is um, just showing up with my whole self, mm -hmm. with my full self in whatever space I'm in. Yeah. And so that feels good because I wasn't always there. Yeah. I wasn't always a person who felt like I could show up with my full self in different spaces that I was in. Yeah. And that feels liberating as hell to just show up. And it's like, if this isn't the space for me, the space for me will, um, room will be made for me to mm -hmm. show up in, in authenticity where I'm supposed to be. I love that. I love that. Where can we find and follow your work? <laughs> um, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to get more active on this thing. But okay. uh, Instagram. We know you're busy. You got a hotel to run. <laughs> I mean, you picking listen. up. You talking about M&A deals. I mean, listen, we understand. <laughs> well, so the there's a site, carryconnects.com, um, and that's just one site that you can find me at if you want to get the bio, book speaking, or other engagements. And then on IG, I'm Carrie B. Cook. So it's at Carrie B. Cook. Um, and the Carrie Connects website really has all of the information and the ways to find me so um, I'm happy to connect with people and yes. one of the things the, the one of the richest parts of my life is just connecting and understanding different people's stories and helping to be a connector yeah. to maximize whatever their impact is I love that I love that you live that so honestly and so authentically this idea of connection helping other people also realize their potential as well so Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. And thank welcome. you for coming. Thank you for doing what you do. I'll you, be trying. You go. I'll be out here. I'm, I'm out here trying. You, you ain't trying. You do it. Say do ratio strong. Say do ratio. Let me tell you that everyone's going to get sick of me because that's all I'm going to talk about. My say do ratio. I'm going to start putting that on employment applications. Yes. Like, what is What's your, your say, -do say do ratio? Like, what is your safety ratio? Periods. Because if it's not high on the spectrum, we're going to have to rethink this whole conversation. And then you need to verify it. Like, I need verifications about whether or not it's what you say. What you say is what you're doing. Right. right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. As always, it's so great to be in the same room with you. Awesome to be here. Thank, Thank you, Sherelle. Thank you. That's it for our show. Catch us in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I Think I'm Doing This Right. I hope this was your one hour to breathe, connect, relate, and realize you are not alone on one of the greatest self-development journeys there is to embark on, entrepreneurship. Make sure to share this with your other friends who are just trying to figure it out so more of us can have a safe space to learn as we grow. Until next week, remember, this journey is all about grit, grace, and gratitude. <laughs>